Welcome to this week's podcast from Bethesda Church of God in Sumter, South Carolina. We hope you enjoy this inspiring message. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. Come on, come on, give him praise in this house. How about everyone stand to your feet if you don't mind? The Word of God says unto them that look for him shall he appear. The second time without sin unto salvation. I believe that he... I believe Jesus was born of a virgin, do you? I believe Jesus died on a cross of Calvary, do you? I believe Jesus was buried in a borrowed tomb, do you? I believe Jesus on the third day rose from the dead, do you? I believe Jesus sent back another comforter and his name is the Holy Ghost. Do you believe that? Amen. I tell you what, we're in one mind and one accord today, and I believe with that, we're going to see God continue to do great things. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Psalms 150 and verse 2. I want to speak today on the subject, celebrate excellence. Then if you would, when you get through with Psalms 150 and verse 2, I want you to turn over to the book of Nehemiah. We're going to look at how Nehemiah was brought through one of the toughest times of his life. Psalms 150 and verse 2 says, Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Now it's one thing to talk about excellence. It's another thing to celebrate it. Our King is excellent. Our God is excellent. His ways are past finding out is what the Word of God says. And with that, today we're going to celebrate His excellence because God never is late. God never does fail. God never does come short. God never does make a mistake. Amen. He's excellent. Oh my. Choir sings a song. Excellent. How excellent is his ways. We want to celebrate that today. Father, we celebrate you. We celebrate you and your excellence. For you alone are worthy. And worthy to be praised. And we exalt your name now in Jesus name amen and amen God bless you would you as you're being seated would you turn over in your Bibles to the book of Nehemiah and we'll start looking in chapter 1 I have wonderfully enjoyed the uh, the book of Nehemiah many times But I will tell you, it was probably uh, last Friday or Saturday when the Lord spoke to me about this chapter or this book. And I'm not going to try to preach the entire book to you today, but I do want to tell you that Nehemiah and the people of Israel were in a mess. I believe there's a lot of folks that are in a mess today. There's a lot of good people 
that are facing problems and battles and trials. But I'm here today to tell you that if God did something good for Nehemiah, God will do something good for you. If God did something good back then, the Bible lets us know that God has never changed. God is immutable. God is eternal. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me say that again and grab hold of it. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he was a healer, a deliverer, a way maker back then, he is today. If he, if he supplied their need back then, he will supply our need today. We must believe it. Now, Nehemiah, his very name means Jehovah comforts. God has a way of raising up a person for the hour. I believe some of you might be the person for the hour in someone's life today or in the days to come. It might be your word. It might be your actions. It might be your prayer. It might be your song. It might be your sermon that changes the life of somebody. Nehemiah was that person. Nehemiah was a man that had it made. He had risen to the who's who. He was the cupbearer of the king, King Artaxerxes. He was the one guy in all the kingdom that the king said, I trust that whatever you hand me is going to be safe to drink. I trust that when you hand it to me, I can know that you have watched out for me. The cupbearer was a very important position. If I could kind of bear it to you this way and say, for me to bring the water to the king meant that I got in the presence of the king. For me to have his cup meant that I got close enough to him to just hand it off. I'm here today to tell you that the king is in this place. But I'm also here today to let you know that being the bearer of the cup meant that Nehemiah was the man. He had it made. All he had to do was make sure that the king had plenty to drink whenever the king won. Now, I just want to tell you, if there's any waitresses or waiters looking on through Facebook Live or through the internet in any way, I want you to hear this. If I come to your restaurant, you don't have to do a lot for me. 
except keep my glass full. That simple. I'm way more tolerant of the food not being good than to want something to drink and not have it. Amen? Amen. I tip real good whenever the glass is full. <laughs> Nehemiah was that man. That when the king was perspiring, Nehemiah said, here you go, king. Try a little refreshment here. This time it might have been water. The next time it might have been any types of juice. But whatever it was, his job was to make sure that the king wasn't thirsty. Now, I wanted to say all that because he now is in a great job and God speaks to him and Nehemiah has a problem. The Bible tells us in Nehemiah chapter 1 in verse 3. Go to verse 3 for me, if you would. And they said unto me, now here's the problem. The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction. Now that was the number one problem. They're in great affliction. And they also are suffering reproach. And, and the wall of, the, of Jerusalem is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Now that might not have seemed much to you, but back in that day, if they were going to survive the walls of the city needed to be strong and needed to be fortified. And while Nehemiah had this great job, he looked at his homeland and he said, the people are suffering reproach while I'm over here sipping iced tea with the king. The people are suffering great affliction while the king and I are enjoying the lap of luxury. Uh, our people are living in a broken down wall. We, there is no fortification. There's no protection. And, and the gates, and, and back in that day, the gates was the place where they did business, where people congregated. And, and, and he said, we don't even have a place where we can gather together and do business. We're in a mess. Now to kind of put that into our everyday uh, setting, he was saying Jerusalem is in a government shutdown.
It was a mess. But something was worse than that. The people were comfortable with the mess. I mean, the people were living with the walls. The walls didn't just fall down. It took years and years for the walls to come down. But they came down. And instead of anyone saying, let's do something about it, they just said, we will live in this broken down mess. I'm going to bust someone right between the eyes right now. Listen to me. I love you. I'm not mad at you, but hear me. I think it's idiotic. I think it's absurd for a person to live in deplorable situations when we serve the God of all creation and we just stay in that kind of junk. Someone needs to hear me. You have just been torn down. Your life may have been torn down by drugs. And so be you, because you were torn down by drugs, that's the way it's always going to be. The rest of your life, you're going to be a mess because you made a bad mistake back then. Or it might be that you had a bad marriage. And, and so now the rest of your life is going to be a mess because the walls of your marriage broke down. And so you're never going to be any more good. So I'll just live in my mess. I'll just live in the rubble. I'll just live because this is the way it has been. This was a generational thing. This wasn't, oh my goodness, I heard that the walls fell down. This had been a condition for generations. I'm speaking to someone today. God help me. Y'all help me preach this. Help me deliver this. Generations had gotten used to the same old junk. And instead of someone rising up and saying, we don't have to live this way, they just said, this is the way it is and this is the way it's going to be. This is the way my grandpappy did it. My grandpappy, he stood up, he walked over the rubble. Instead of moving the rubble, he just walked over it. He, he, he would gripe and complain, I wish somebody would move this rubble. I wish there wasn't so many rocks around here. I wish someone would clean it up. I wish, I wish, I wish. That's the way it is in our world today. I wish someone would cry out about abortion while we sit there and say nothing. Y'all help me preach. I wish, 
I wish someone would reach out to that homeless person while we go out to our restaurants and we eat and we stuff ourselves and then we don't feed them. Come on, come on, help me. It might be your neighbor that's needing something. It might be someone sitting next to you in church, but we are, we've become accustomed to just stepping over the junk stepping over the problems and letting the walls and then complain about it. My goodness, this place is a mess. Somebody needs to do something about it. Nehemiah, he looked and he said, my goodness, we are in a mess. I'm over here in this wonderful situation. And so he began to seek the Lord. Where do you turn to? Who do you turn to? See, I want to tell you, I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain and the mountain stands by me. Who am I talking about? I'm talking about the great God Almighty. Who do I run to? Oh, some people run to their senators. Some people run to their congressmen. Listen, I hadn't ever thank God for our government people. Bless their heart. But I don't put my trust in our government. I don't put our trust in our leadership. I don't put our trust in our dollar. I don't put our trust. Oh, God, help us here today. Our help comes from the Lord. I go to the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. Is there anyone else that runs to him? Come on, yeah. Nehemiah sought help from the Lord, and in verse 4, here's what he did. I want y'all to to listen to what he did. Y'all bear with me. I sat down and wept. I mourned certain days. I fasted and prayed. Before the Lord of heaven, before the God of heaven. And I said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Listen to verse 6. And let, not, let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes Open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments, nor the statutes, nor the judgments which thou commandest thy servant Moses. There's a lot of folks that whenever they find a problem, they try to find an earthly solution 
And when you try to find an earthly solution, all you have done is stuck your finger in the hole in the dam. Sooner or later, you're going to get tired of standing there. You don't need your finger holding back the water. You need a divine correction. Help me now. Nehemiah could have gone to the king and said, I need you to get some people out there and tell them to go fix the wall. That's not what he did. The first thing he did was he sought help from God. He began to weep. And the Bible says weeping may endure for a season, but joy comes in the morning. He fasted. We have been fasting. We just came off a 21-day fast. We should be expecting signs, miracles, wonders, healings, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. We need to be watching and looking for that. He, he wept. He prayed. He fasted. And then he did the old-fashioned confession. Now, in our world, it's kind of easy for us to do confession. It's real easy for me to confess. Lord God, I want to tell you that Cecil Browder is no good. Lord, I confess that Cecil needs to get things right. Lord, I confess that Cecil needs to pray. I confess that Cecil needs to fast. It's real easy for me to confess for Cecil. But I like it the way the old Negro spiritual was. It's not my father or my mother, but it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Nehemiah began to confess for himself and for the people. He said, we're in a mess. We haven't kept your covenant. We haven't done what we're supposed to do. And Lord, before I can ever ask you to do anything, I want to get a pure heart. God, someone help us right now. Listen to me. There's someone that if you'll get a pure heart, you're going to leave here today different. I, that's a word from God. You can, you can write that down. You can put a stamp on it that I just spoke that if you get a pure heart, you're going to leave here different. You know what you've been harboring. You know the things that's been tearing your wall down. It might be jealousy. It might be envy. It might be hidden sin that no one knows about. But you've covered it pretty well. You've done pretty good. Most people don't know you even have it. But down deep, I want you to know that God knows you have it. And you know you have it. And Nehemiah said, I'm going to come clean before you. I'm going to try to hurry. Listen to me. Nehemiah, now, at the end of that prayer, he said, Lord, bring me into, bring, bring me into favor when I come before the king. He went before the king, and I, I wish I had a long time to preach right here. But he went before the king, and his countenance was down. He was sad. I want you to look at your neighbor and give them a sad face. Would you do that? Just give them the best sad face you know how to give. Go ahead. 
Some of you didn't even change expressions, did you? <laughs> Doesn't it feel better to smile? Look at that. <laughs> now here's the point. I've read this chapter, I couldn't tell you how many times. But Nehemiah came into the presence of the king and the king said, what are you sad about? Because I haven't ever seen you look like that. I wonder if our co-workers could say that about us. I wonder if our neighbors could say that about us. The king said, what are you down about? And it opened the door and Nehemiah began to tell him what all that he needed. And, and, and the king inquired. And I want you to know that just because you have a bad day, a bad week, even a bad month, doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Sometimes bad things happen to us. That's life. Come on now. When death happens in our family, it, it, it brings our countenance down. That doesn't define who we are. And sometimes we have burdens. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Why don't today someone trade your burden for his? Sometimes we have cares and the cares shouldn't have been ours anyway. I, oh, Lord, help me. See, the Bible says casting all our care upon him for he cares for us. Why are you toting the cares around when you don't have to be? Well, well, uh, it's just my lot in life. Who told you that junk? And why did you swallow it hook, line, and sinker? Nehemiah looked out and said, we don't have to stay in that condition. He went before the king, and then he gave a long petition to the king. He said, I'd like letters. I, I, want, I want authority to go back. And I want to be able to go back and repair the walls of the city that I grew up in. And, and I, I want to be able to give something back to my home. And, and he didn't ask the king for, for men. He didn't ask the king to, to bring labor. He said, just let me get back there. I'm gonna make a difference is what Nehemiah was saying. I wanna ask you today, are you making a difference and do you have any plans to make a difference? We need some daddies here this morning to speak up and say, as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. We need some mamas to rise up and be mighty women of God and say, I'm gonna teach my babies the right way and, and I'm gonna be a difference maker. I, I'm gonna break generational curses. I've gotta stop there just a minute. The Holy Spirit is prompting me. Some of you have lived with generational curses. Some of you are under a curse right now. Oh yeah, you know it. 
You just felt uncomfortable when I said it. But you've lived with your curse. And you just said that's the way it's been. That's how my mama was. My daddy was. My sister. My brother. My ancestors. I, I'm just, we're all a bunch of losers. That's the way we were raised. We're good, honest losers. Boy. Okay, Lord, I'm just... Saying what you've given me here. Don't you call me a loser. You know, they tell me when you step on the dog's tail, the dog will yelp when it's his tail. If you are yelping over that, it's because you've got comfortable with your walls torn down. You've got comfortable living under the curse. And the Bible lets us know that we're not under the curse anymore. We're not under the curse. I want uh, someone look at your neighbor and say, I'm not under the curse anymore. Come on. I'm not under the curse. God, help me. Listen, listen. If you're under the curse, today is the day for you to say, I am going to rebuild my walls. I'm going to rebuild the gates. I'm going to do something different than I've ever done. I'm today going to break generational curses. And this is not in my notes. This is coming from heaven, so y'all receive it. Receive it. I believe that there's generational curses that affect us mentally. I believe there's generational curses that affect us physically, financially, emotionally, even spiritual. I, I, listen, I don't know what the statistics, I've heard it before, about how many people that are in prison, that their, their uh, dad or their grandparents, it, it, it just, and, and how we write it off in America is we say they're just like their old granddaddy. They're just like their daddy. And you know what? That's probably the truth. Somebody here today needs to break a curse on some of your family members. My Lord God, the Holy Ghost is in this place today. I've seen it where little children, they played in church. They did good. They enjoyed the presence of the Lord. But when they got older, that, uh, somehow uh, that curse started affecting them. And instead of their parents taking authority and breaking that curse, they, they let that little child grow up to become something that God didn't intend that child to be. And some of us grew up to be things that God didn't intend us to be. And you might say, well, that's just the way it turned out. You're still breathing. That's not the way it has to end. It doesn't have to in the way it is today. My Lord God, someone hear what I'm preaching today. In Jesus' name, I break the curse of sickness that has been generationally attacking you. In the name of Jesus Christ, I say let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, I speak a breaking of the curses that are attacking the good men and women of God that are trying to serve God passionately. 
someone raise your hand and say, I accept my freedom. I'm no longer under the curse. Oh, God, hallelujah. I'm not going to walk over the rubble anymore. I'm not. God up in heaven, someone received their freedom today. I break the curse. I break the curse. I'm an anointed man of God for this hour. I'm behind this pulpit for this moment. And I say in Jesus' name, the curse that has been trying to destroy you has to go today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Someone in the choir received that. Someone in the audience received that. Someone over the internet received what I'm preaching here today. Holy Spirit, have your way. Hallelujah. 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 Here's what the Lord says. Your past is your past. And your present is not what I have planned for you. I see the things that I have planned for you. And yes, you have been fought. And yes, you have been discouraged. And yes, you have been beaten. But you have not lost. For I have brought victory to you this hour. I have brought deliverance to you this very moment. I have plans for you, says the Lord. Your walls will rebuild. Greater than your past, greater than your present. Your walls will rebuild, says the Lord, and I will be in the midst of it. Would you right now lift your hands and thank God for the gifts of the Spirit, the gift of tongues and the gift of interpretation of tongues. Thank you, Father, for the gifts of the Spirit in operation in the church here today. I'm, I, I want to get to the end of this. Stay on your feet. If you're on your feet, the rest of you stand. I'm going to cut out a lot of this, but Nehemiah now is working or getting ready to work. And along comes a Sanballat and a Tobiah. These are two negatives. 
These are two people. One of them laughed the people to scorn. You ever had someone make fun of you so much that it made you mad? Well, it made them mad. And Tobiah, he came along and he said, they're building that wall. But even if a little fox walks up on it, it's so shaky, it's so ill-constructed that it'll fall. The book of Nehemiah says, but the people had a mind to work. Here's what it was saying. Listen to what it's saying. I come over here and Kristen wants to talk negative. I'm going, I love you, Sister Christ Kristen. I wish she'd shut up. <laughs> come on. Come on now. I walk over here. I'm talking to Brother Philip. He tells me something and it's negative, 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 negative. And I'm going, I love you, Brother Philip. I wish that man would stick to playing the piano. <laughs> Basically, what I'm saying is this. They heard it, but they didn't let it get here. In this world, you're going to have negatives. When you leave here, it might be a Sanballat or it might be a Tobiah at the restaurant. Come on. It might be someone cut you off in traffic. It might be you get home to an old grumpy husband or an old grumpy wife. It might be that someone calls you as an instrument of the devil and just wants to tell you how sorry they think you are. Listen, the devil will get people to make phone calls. If you live in, if you're trying to do right, there's going to be a Sanballat and a Tobiah that will try to bring you down. Here's the closing. Those things didn't shake them. There's a whole lot more meat that I'd like for you to read the book of Nehemiah. But here's what happened. It got to a place in Nehemiah chapter 6 in verse 15 and 16. When I said celebrate excellence through every trial, Andre Crouch wrote it in a song. He said, I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There's been times I didn't know right from wrong. But he goes on in the chorus of that song and he says, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. Listen to what Nehemiah said in Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 15. So the wall was finished. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope that you were inspired to live a life of purpose for Jesus Christ. For more information, check out our website at BethesdaCOG.org. God bless.